0: We're doing villains now, I'm Dracula. ...recorded before the Jonathan Major stuff, and uh, we probably don't stand by anything we said. I don't know. I'm not going back and listening to it. Quantum uh, Quanti Media is still alright, though.
1: Hi, and welcome to Past the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie Awards podcast where we talk about all the various films nominated for MTV Movie Awards in various categories and try and figure out who really should have won... You know we did a skip week last week when I can like barely remember the thing I say every week of this podcast.
0: <laughs> I'm well, Ken- what are you what are you an expert in?
1: Well, you don't <laughs> want to know my name, just wanna know my credentials? Huh. <laughs> it's but no, I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert.
0: <laughs> and I'm Ben Gregg, a foremost villainy expert.
1: And today we're here to talk about best villain 2016 uh, the final year of the mtv movie awards before tv gets added so look forward to us remember yeah. <laughs> look forward to me remembering now to say tv next week yeah,
0: exactly the only big change to happen in 2016 uh, yeah uh yeah
1: <laughs> look may 2016 we're still all like still all fine everyone's (laughs) laughing everyone's like oh he's not gonna get far like it's
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man yeah um yeah as you said we took a bit of a bit of a gap week um which means i got a chance to watch a ton of movies um none in future prep all for this week but um yeah i got to watch a lot of peripheral movies which was nice
1: yeah I watch movies that work for this podcast, and, well, I have seen the two we have to talk about next week, and now, now it's the thing of, all oh, right, I guess I have to watch a lot of American Horror Story, because I, I have to figure out how much Gone I want to see. Just,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I had a lot of, I had a lot of plans, but there's just too much Walking Dead, and after the first season, it's just not that good, um so i think my plan is to to watch first episode of season last episode of season and just hopefully that gives me enough context
1: it picks up again through it yeah to to be fair your plan was i'm gonna watch every episode of the walking dead and i said we only have to cover season seven like and you said i'm gonna watch every season and surprise surprise just
0: Yeah. I got the first season down though. First season of Walking Dead down, which is like, that's yeah. like so much time. Every episode's like an hour.
1: The second season, I think, that's... is one of the weaker of the early ones. It's so much time on a farm, and then it picks up for a bit. And then around seven, I think, is when people start to turn on it, but um, we're not talking about Walking Dead this week. Just
0: Yeah, this week we have a... Kind of just a blockbuster bonanza, truly. Yeah, Um,
1: pretty much five massive blockbusters from twenty fifteen or early twenty sixteen, and then the film that finally got Leo his Oscar.
0: Um, Yeah, it was just it. That one is, I think, weirdly the only one that stands out because it's like it's not. I guess uh, I guess I like I like the Kingsman. Um I guess the Kingsman and the Revenant are the only ones that aren't like it's not a franchise or I guess the Kingsman is now a franchise, but Yeah. It, uh franchise are like a reboot or like a reimagining.
1: It's a it's a franchise starter. Um so before we get too far into that, the twenty sixteen MTV movie awards were held on April 9th, twenty sixteen. Um it was the first uh, it was the first movie awards that was held outdoors. And the first one since 20, 2006 to not be aired live.
0: Um, ah, strange.
1: And the first since 2003 to have two hosts instead of one. With it being hosted by the comedic powerhouse team of Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson.
0: This is also, I guess, I, I guess I didn't clock it, but this is also, I guess this year they just decided to have like one extra movie per category. I think we were just getting weird big ones every once in a while, but it turns out, yeah, like, every category has a couple extra ones. Yeah.
1: Well, the, yeah, the male performance looks like it's just five, but, yeah, maybe this is the year where we're like, we ought to go bigger with stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Deadpool yeah. seems to have won a lot of awards. Just through.
0: Yeah, one won a healthy chunk. Uh, It's probably the reason they're playing... Uh, shoop, at during the during the actual uh, show, of
1: course, Star Wars: The Force Awakens like got eleven nominations, uh, which finally broke. Like I remember, there was a big thing in Kiss when we were tracking if anyone would top Speed, and this was the one movie to do it, which is less interesting than Speed got nine nominations and no one else could get past eight, but. Um... <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was. It had a good run, but uh, a new a new Star Wars movie blew it out of the water. Not the first time, but definitely. Uh, definitely a big a big moment.
1: Yeah, uh, this year they had a true story category, as well as best documentary. Um, oh, true story went to so straight cool. out of Compton. I guess it was a big biopic year, but then it's like Straight Outta Compton, The Big Short, Concussion, Joy, The Revenant, and Steve Jobs, which yeah, Steve Jobs is like the good yeah. Oh yeah, this is the one that's supposed to be like the good Steve Jobs movie. <laughs> Just...
0: Oh yeah, is there a bad one?
1: There is like two that came out quickly. In one, Steve Jobs is Ashton Kutcher. In this one, he's Michael Fassbender. This Steve Jobs okay. also at least has more credentials of it It was directed by danny boyle of slumdog millionaire and as i recently found a lot of movies are a lot better than slumdog millionaire like sunshine and like for the longest time my biggest like conception of this guy was slumdog millionaire and yesterday and then i watched a lot of his early stuff i'm like oh this is really good i like a lot of these i guess like he was more than just making this one oscar film that's really boring and kind of problematic of a british man making a movie about poverty in india like just <laughs> hey,
0: it wasn't a wasn't a great kiss too so yeah
1: and the best documentary was <laughs> went to amy which is about amy winehouse um that
0: how
1: oh. yeah. that one is yeah. that's always like a weird thing just because i know like her her dad's always seemed kind of like weirdly exploitative of her story but oh, this seems to have been fine
0: yeah i wonder how many is this like the the first and last appearance best documentary or does this follow us for a little while
1: um i don't know it it could i think it might be because actually we have the tv ones yeah this one has a lot of extra ones there's best action performance which went to chris pratt in jurassic world Best Virtual Performance, like, that went to Amy Poehler. No wonder Star Wars got, like, 11 nominations. They were, like, stacking the categories.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wait, who did Andy Serkis play in Star Wars?
1: Do you want to guess who he played, or just...
0: (laughs) Um, is he he the little robot? Is he the ball?
1: He played... played, uh, I forget his title, but he played Supreme Leader Snoke appears in one scene and this is a giant hologram
0: oh <laughs> oh he's Snoke okay yeah
1: Lupita <laughs> makes sense this one it's like oh okay you really just hated speed huh just
0: <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to get more in yeah yeah
1: <laughs> virtual performance has oh no that's six I'm like is that seven people but that could be a fun one someday if we'd finally talk about Ted too
0: Oh, I'd be so excited. I, I've, I, I want to watch Ted too. I think I love the Ted movies. Um, because I keep on seeing, I keep on. I don't know. I'm sorry if I mentioned this before on the podcast, but I keep seeing one clip from Ted Two where they're in the courthouse and, <laughs> and I think Ted's like, I think I know a way out of this, and he just goes Beatles, just Beatles, and then Mark was like, knock that off right now. We don't want that kind of energy in here. Like, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's not like, mentioned this
0: yet <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a funny it's such a funny moment i have like,
1: friends who like stan for ted 2 i bet ted 2 is good
0: <laughs> honestly yeah because i really like ted 1 so i feel like ted 2 is uh just a, a banger movie i would love a ted 3 i think i think seth MacFarlane, he's a good voice actor he's not a great actor actor i guess he hasn't gotten a lot of chances but like a million ways to die in the west was kind of like a a good solid proof that when he's not a cartoon or a teddy bear, he's not a good like front man.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I never got to that one. I know they're making like uh it's like a Ted TV show for I don't know where it'll air here, but in the states it's like on on Peacock, and I think it's supposed to be when like the Wahlberg character is like younger, like it's a prequel. Like,
0: ah,
1: yeah. Hold on, I am now looking up the TV series to the show Ted. Yes. Yeah, so this is officially like the idea of Ted 3. Yeah, it's set in 1993 uh, and depicting the early life of Ted as he lives with John and his family in Massachusetts. It's also going to feature John's huh. father, Maddie, his mother, and his cousin who is living with them while attending a college nearby.
0: Oh man, I don't know if I'd like that. I uh, I think Mark Wahlberg, he's, he's, the ha- he's half of those movies for me. Yeah, I don't know if I'm. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the same with a kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyways, we should probably get to it because we have six movies to talk about this week. Um, yeah,
0: six big old movies. Yeah,
1: big old movies. So, for best villain 2016, the nominees are Tom Hardy in The Revenant. Samuel L. Jackson in Kingsman, The Secret Service, Hugh Keys Byrne in Mad Max Fury Road, Ed Screen in Deadpool, Jane Spader in Avengers Age of Ultron, and The Winner. Adam Driver in Star Wars The Force Awakens. So yeah.
0: Oh man. Is
1: this the sequel you had seen before? Like
0: Yes, this is the only um of the new trilogy this is the only one i've seen is the force awaken i think i saw it like early too because i was working at the theater i think like because this one came out like christmas right this was like a christmas movie
1: yeah or like december 20 yeah yeah december 2015 yeah december 14th or 18th
0: okay yeah, I either saw it early or like really close to um, premiere because I saw it like at a Christmas or Christmas around time party at the theater. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I it was neat. I didn't think it was that. I I I feel like weirdly enough, when I watched it, I feel like I had a not a slightly closer relationship with the original trilogy because I could still vaguely remember what those ones were like because I was much younger. Um, I just remember, I remember looking at this one and being like, the reason I kind of like the old Star Wars movies is because they're old, uh, like the original trilogy. I like that they're like old and they sound weird. I like the way old movie or old, I put in quotes, like movies from like the eighties and nineties, like sounded. Um, and this one just was like, this just like, I didn't have the vocabulary at the time, but like, yeah, it was just kind of like, it's just like a Marvel movie now. It's just like, kind of like anything that's out. Um, I remember feeling that way, but it's, it's still like it's not a it's not a bad movie. It's just kind of, kind of meh.
1: Wow, yeah, well, that's a hot take. Uh yeah, this movie I remember. Uh, obviously, I grew up with Star Wars. I watched those movies many times. I you know I saw like all of the prequels in theaters basically. Um, and had. Oh, well, they really like them, but this—the idea that they were making new ones—was something that I had gotten like very excited about. And I remember for this film, I when reviews came out, I tried not to see like anything about it. Um, I don't know how much that worked, but I did manage because I'm sure I am up reading a couple reviews or or something like. I had read enough to know that Mark Hamill probably was not going to be in the movie, really, because reviews either didn't mention him, or, or like, they just kind of played coy, and then, sure enough, he is in, he pops up at the very end, because, like, just the way they were talking, they're like, Ivor he's the secret villain, which would be, like, very, much riskier than this film seems ready to do, or he's just gonna, like, pop up at the end. And, but, yeah, I watched the, I, I bought tickets for, like, me and my friends to see, like, opening night. Um, had a great time, and honestly, I really like this one. Um, this is directed by J.J. Abrams, who did Star Trek and Star Trek Into Dark, Darkness. And, um, J.J. has kind of, uh, like... In the old days, he was known for creating TV shows like Lost, Alias, like, stuff that was kind of cutting edge. And then in his movies, he did Mission Impossible 3, and then kind of, like, a lot of franchise work. And then he directed Super 8, I think, is kind of the big exception of his franchise stuff. Or I want to believe he directed Super 8. He, he like, wrote or produced Cloverfield. Like, he... He, But he basically was kind of getting a reputation for with reboots, and one thing that goes with The Force Awakens is that it's not really doing anything new. It is, in many ways, kind of retelling a new hope, which I thought was fine, and I'm like, yeah, this is good. Like, I like this film a lot. But then it also kind of inspired a running South Park thing in that season, where basically the idea that jj abrams was yeah yeah coming in and just kind of providing like nostalgia which wound up leading to the impetus of their member berries um which i don't know Ben, i don't know your like south park history but member berries were essentially these things where they were just little berries were like remember when times were simpler member like remember that show remember that show and then when trump yeah. got elected they took a much darker turn it's like Remember the stormtroopers? Yeah. Like the old ones? Just
0: Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was that was probably when I like that around that or maybe the next season is when I stopped like keeping up with South Park as often.
1: That was like early into their them dabbling with serialization and they, Yeah. They definitely got derailed by like tying everything to the results of an election they thought hillary would win
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no i remember because i remember they had they they had light serialization in the season prior that i thought was like really neat uh or not i think two seasons prior they had pretty light serialization i it's the one where everyone was like on yelp or something um and then they tried to go like really hardcore in the season right before the election one and it just ended up with like it just ended up with like episodes just not being funny or like interesting um oh that's
1: one of my favorite se- seasons um like the one one before that i thought it had some no the this was the first one i can't believe we're talking about like south parks serialized stuff right now <laughs> but yeah it was like two seasons before yeah it was almost like inadvertently they had they had like started having connective threads Which it mainly led to a thing where an episode culminated in Randy pretending to dress up as Lord, and then someone online mistook the implication to Randy is Lord, (laughs) and then the next, and then suddenly that morphed into an arc about like Randy's double life as like New Zealand teen pop star Lord, and then the next year it's like PC Principal and them kind of playing with stuff and. That wasn't as heavily serialized, it was more like, here's the PC principle, here's stuff that kind of goes in that, here's Garrison as our Trump, like, XB, I'm sure we're not going to have to, like, make that character the president for several years. And then, this was sort of the first one where it was, like, interconnected with, like, troll hunting, and um, it was a whole thing of, like, online trolling, and Cartman, like, feeling mad that they can't, like, you know, he's like, oh! I didn't like the new Ghostbusters, but you know but basically Carmen wanted to say women aren't funny and somehow that leading to him trying to go to Mars.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I I I wanted to like it, but it didn't work for me. I don't know exactly what you're talking about. It's just like it all started to feel like one big episode, which I guess if you liked it, that's good. But I just wasn't feeling it. It it's
1: interesting as the change of pace of the regular thing. I have fallen yeah. off in recent ye- in recent seasons of South Park. Well, I've been trying to keep up with their Paramount Plus original movies. Though I'm one behind, but it is a point where you're like, okay, we can maybe put our serialization tools away at some point, but
0: Mhm.
1: Uh, Star Wars. Yeah, so Yeah. This one I'll say the 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 thing it really does right is I think Daisy Ridley, John John Boyega and then Oh, I am blanking on his name right now, but it's going to come to me in a sec or when I click on the thing. Oscar Isaac, yes. Like, I think they're all, like, really winning. Like, obviously, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, like, really hard to top. And while this group, they never really get a lot where it's like, here's all three of them. Um, Like they don't they don't they don't actually have like significant time together as a trio until like uh return rise of skywalker actually but i think they're all like really strong actors and the characters they have are like really interesting and i think that helps like carry it a lot through the stuff that's familiar um
0: yeah um no yeah i think the main crew is doing like really really solid um yeah and then like this was yeah, this was like a weird. I guess we're not quite out of this era now that Indiana Jones is coming out with like with this and Blade Runner. It was kind of like Harrison Ford was going through the motions of coming back but old and tired. Um and I guess we'll get uh we get to see the a completed version of that with Indiana Jones, the new Indiana Jones coming out.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing with Harrison Ford. He has given a lot of really wonderful performances and then as he has gotten older there are times where you can kind of see him going through the motions like i haven't seen the new blade runner i think he does like good work in this but um and this is maybe a spoiler for like what i'm going to talk about for recommendation of the week but he's currently on this apple tv plus dramedy show called shrinking with jason siegel where the premise is, like, Jason Segel is this therapist who's kind of grieving the death of his wife a year prior and starts kind of crossing ethical boundaries with his patients by getting more involved in in their lives. And it's also pretty dramatic, and then kind of is slowly is starting about bringing a group together. And Harrison Ford is his mentor, and he is so locked in on the role, it's crazy, like... He he's funny, he does good dramatic work. It's like give Harrison Ford the Emmy this year. But it was also me because I was watching it in an episode of Shrinking, like basically right before I watched that movie. So I knew going into this, I'm like like Han solo I'm like, yeah, Han Solo's in this. I I know. I know that. But I'm like because I have been watching Harrison Ford for a few weeks on the Sever's show. I was not prepared for him to show up. So when he walked in, I'm like, Harrison Ford, what's he doing here? I'm like, oh no, wait, right, yeah, this this is like his famous role.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you got the experience, what everyone else experienced, but on in a different way. Just like, oh wow, Harrison Ford is this new character in Star Wars. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> They weren't exactly hiding that he was in the film, but he was, like, the main cast member who was in the trailers. Like, Chewie, we're home.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Um, Yeah. I don't have a super lot to say about the movie itself. Just because, like, it's just very, like... It was just very kind of standard for me. I'm also just not a huge Star Wars guy. Um, You know, I think it's, like, a perfectly fine like inoffensive uh movie i definitely man i feel like um i feel like uh nitpick movie critics are are not no good they're no good um in the same vein as the people that were spreading the the lie about titanic about two people fitting on the door that's not true um because I just remember there being, like, I just remember there was, it's just weird. Because I'm watching a movie, and I remember, I'm watching this movie, and I remember there being, like, a critique of, like, oh, like, what a, what a there's, like, a weird amount of, like, con- conveniences and contrivances. Um, like, oh, like, he just so happened to, be like, to be finding the Millennium Falcon, like, right now. And it's like, well, yeah, because he was tracking it. I don't know. It's just a very, it's a very strange form of film critique that like I feel like yeah it's just like I don't it's just like why don't you watch something you like why don't you watch something good like like Don John or Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates um. <laughs> but yeah it's just like yeah it's like very it was very like eye-opening where I'm like oh those people like watch these movies and are having no fun at all and like I don't know if it's like come across during this podcast, but like I have fun watching like ninety nine percent of movies, um, and that's not because ninety nine percent of movies are like good. It's because you can kind of like sit down and you can like you can you can you can log in and get invested if you want to be.
1: Yeah, like no, I see what you're saying. There's definitely a lot of people who get insanely intense about Star Wars, like. I don't know how much you know about the Last Jedi or the fan reaction to the Last Jedi. Um, I would recommend knowing as little as possible going, yeah, going into it. But I think, especially since you're someone who's not really into Star Wars, like there's a chance you'll really like that one. So, um, yeah.
0: yeah, everything I've heard about it is someone going like X happens, herderderder, and I go that sounds awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we'll
1: talk about it, which is going to include the story of my first foray into what if I use Reddit and immediately regretting it. Just, but yeah. Oh, I guess we should talk. Adam Driver is also really good in this movie. Um,
0: yeah, I really, I really like him. Um, I think he's, I think he's really good. I think the two things that do hold him back is that. Um, I don't like the helmet and that's very it's and it's weird because I feel like this is a bit I feel like I'm reverse engineering that opinion though so I think if you look at the Darth Vader helmet it's also not that cool it's not that cool looking but he's like already a cool character and I feel like it's just like one came for the other like it was it was a a so-so helmet put on like one of the most iconic characters a so-so
1: and... helmet
0: Damn it. <laughs> Listen, Man. I I think I think if you showed if you unfroze a caveman who never seen Star Wars before and you showed them like the Kylo Ren helmet and the Darth Vader helmet I don't think, they're both equal um, equally silly but I think it's just more of an effect because I feel like Kylo Ren hasn't, he hasn't put in that work yet. I haven't seen him shirtless yet that's another thing from Last Jedi that I'm excited for um it's just it's weird. It's weird and it's weird and a little bit nitpicky, I'll be honest. But like it's just like I think it just looks he looks a bit it looks a bit silly when he doesn't have like the cape and like the hood on. Yeah and it's just the helmet. it's just it's a weird it's a weird shape. It's a weird and I feel like it, yeah, that's why I'm kinda kinda drawing a parallel with the Darth Vader one because I feel like it's very it's supposed to be very invocative. And I kinda like the idea that You know, because the movie starts and you're like, oh, he's like, what is this, some kind of Darth Vader wannabe? And it's like, literally, yes. (laughs) I think that's awesome. I really like that. I think that's like, I hope um, I kind of get more of that with The Last Jedi. Um, Yeah, yeah, or like more exploration of that.
1: Yeah, what Um, makes Kylo Ren interesting as a villain is... He's very much like a whiny, sad boy a lot of the time, which is just such a change of pace from like the Darth Vader or any of the other villains. And honestly, it is a, I guess, Anakin like it's not that much difference to it, but Anakin was like full of angst, and this is kind of more rage. Um, and trying to trying to think if I had anything more, and just trying to like. L- live up to his legacy or whatever. I think him being Han, Lolo, Han Solo and Leia's son is, is like an interesting dynamic to the character. Like the idea that the Skywalker, who's kind of there in this series, is sort of a villain again. Well, I guess Leia is still heroic and more heroic than ever, now that she's a general, but... Yeah. I'll say later ones at least the last jedi moves away from the helmet a lot and then i want to think yeah. that Rise of skywalker brings it
0: back <laughs> yeah it's just yeah i think yeah it's one of those things i think i'll i'll bring it up more when we talk about um when we talk about deadpool um but i think there is something to be said about like how you frame your character um where like if you're if you're kind of watching Kylo Ren as like this person that's like supposed to be like Darth Vader like cool and menacing, he kind of sucks. He's kind of like throwing tantrums that like look kind of pathetic. But like if that's the if that's the way you're supposed to be viewing him, it works really really well.
1: Yeah, and I do think that's like intentional with the character, and it makes him a lot more interesting than he could have been. Um, yeah do we have anything else to say about the force awakens
0: oh man um don't think so was it after this movie or after the last jedi that they that's they they made that big thing where they're like hey like none of the expanded universe is canon like we're nuking all of it um
1: i want to feel it was before for this movie. Yeah, because that was the whole oh, thing. Yeah. When Disney bought Star Wars, and they're like, well, we are going to to set our own... Because the Expanded Universe had a lot of stuff of what happened to the characters after the original trilogy, so it's become kind of a mishmash of, well, they call it Star Wars Legends, but of what counts and what doesn't. Like, I think some of the prequel era set stuff still kind of counts, but yeah but,
0: Yeah. Um, right yeah that's just yeah it's just like yeah um yeah man i don't I, that's that's weird it's one of those things where like i feel like there's so much content um that it, i feel like it's hard to get a good like barometer of like is it good is it bad um it's just very hard to tell it's like like is prog rock good and it's like i don't know there's a lot of it i guess Yeah. Yeah.
1: Look, like, also, the expanded universe, it was never really canon. Like, if George Lucas had ever made his sequels, which, from what I can remember him saying, would have gone all in on the, like, microorganisms that give people the power to use the Force, like, it would have, you know, would have been weird stuff, but, like, differently, but I'm sure some of that stuff would have been disregarded, but... You know, what can you do when the Disney machine comes, like, for your franchise? Coming
0: through, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, yeah. anyways, we can now talk about, or I guess now we can move on to The Revenant. A movie that is very pretty and very, very empty, I find. um let's...
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I'd never, I'd never seen this one before, um. I knew it was the one that got Leo his Oscar. Um, uh, finally. I think well-deserved. I think he does a pretty... I think he does a really good job in this movie. Yeah. Um, Is
1: this what I would have given Leo his Oscar for? No. But, like, yeah, he can have an Oscar. Like, it's a makeup Oscar for whatever. Just... Yeah, it's
0: just... see the legacy thing. Um, yeah, I... The only thing I knew about this movie going in was that like there's a bear scene. So in my head I'm like, "Oh, that must be like the f- the climax of the movie. That's like the finale." But like no it happens like right away. Um which was kind of nice because it was really it was really surprising um despite me knowing like it was going to happen eventually. Um which was nice. Cause I feel like that's the intended effect of a bear attack scene. Um Yeah. Yeah, this movie is not very little words um just very very empty like you said um it was very wonder i'm trying to think so i remember right after i finished watching this i had to like i think i had to like walk to my car and it's been particularly cold and snowy and i remember getting like a weird a weird sense of like a 4d experience almost um and you're like, oh my gosh, it's like I'm there right now.
1: I mean, they did film The Revenant in the pro- Canadian province where we live. Oh,
0: how neat! That's so cool. I didn't actually know that.
1: Yeah, that I think was yeah. the reason I went to go see it in theaters because uh, it is from the director of Birdman, a movie that I also don't like that much. So, enough of my friends like it where I'm like, maybe I'll give it another watch, but. Similarly, like I watch him, like th- this is really pretentious. This is really soapboxy about like art and culture. This is not as fun as it should be. Like I don't know, but yeah, uh, Alejandro Inaritu, In- 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 and the- so this film, I'm like, hmm, I don't know, but you know, I like Leo. I like seeing it on on film. I'm like, yeah, I'll-, I'll watch it, and you know, it it's still like. I can't say I like this movie that much, but partly because it's two and a half over two and a half hours long and you really feel it, but you know, there are worse ways to like spend time than looking at a bunch of like gorgeously shot scenery while Leo gives a great performance, like
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um Yeah, I feel like I'm assuming um in most releases of this movie theatrical on netflix wherever it ends up now there's probably subtitles for the scenes where they're they're not speaking english um i didn't have those so i had a i had a similar uh like my kill bill experience where i just had to like go off the performances um i hope i didn't miss any super important like recontextualizing dialogue um yeah What did you think of uh, the villain? You know, Bane is back.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny. We watched a couple movies this week—one where Tom Hardy is the hero, and one where he's the villain. (laughs) This was like a big year for Hardy. Um, I think between like this and Mad Max, because this was also nominated performance, and I think he does a good job playing. This guy as someone who is very hateable. Um, Yeah, this movie is based on a true story. Oh, yeah, Hugh Glass was like an actual person who got like kind of attacked by a bear and then left for dead. Um, all the stuff with his family, I believe, is like invention. And I believe in the full story, he, well, he does forgive the one guy, and then it's the other guy, like Tom Hardy. It's like oh. enlisted in the military so he won't go a so he won't go after him because that would be a crime but he's like if you ever like leave the military i'm gonna kill you so this film obviously takes some liberties with that with him i guess he still doesn't directly kill hardy but might as well
0: yeah yeah it's weird that this movie um i See yeah, it's based off a true story. So like there's whenever something's based off a true story, there's only so much um you're a little more restricted when it comes to like your message or like themes or something. You kinda have to um you can still like have one, but they're gonna be constricted by like what actually happened and how far you can stretch from that. You would um, you
1: would think that, <laughs> but consider a cocaine bear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Seeing cocaine there later which is why i bring it up
0: oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah um yeah uh yeah because i feel like this movie i wonder because I, I had a lot of thoughts like after the movie where i'm like during the majority of the movie um is he like fueled by revenge is that like his like motivating force and like why he doesn't give up or is it just like survival or is it both um because that's like i'm trying to that's how i was trying to like parse how to feel about it at the end of it like what is this movie trying to say uh you know like he's clearly there's clearly something amiss at the end where he's he's killed the big bad and he just has a, just a very like weird expression on his face um yeah so like i'm not it's weird this movie the majority of this movie, and it, like the majority of the stuff that I enjoy about this movie, you probably could have cut out the villain entirely and just have it be a movie like about survival, about overcoming the elements in a way. And it's like you really only need that. Like you just the little parts, the beginning and end, um, aren't uh, aren't super uh, not not unrelated, but they're not like. There's not, like, a lot of parts in the middle that, you know, remind you of of John Fitzgerald. Um,
1: Yeah, it's like, he disappears for a large, large chunk of it. Like, it... Yeah, it's... I think Hardy's giving a good performance, but it does seem kind of incidental to all of it. And, yeah, probably a bit unnecessary, though... I think Will Poulter's character, who is, like, unaware of what he's kind of done, and, you know, very, this is, like, a year after We're the Millers, and he definitely, like, it took me a bit to go, I'm like, oh, hey, that's a We're the Millers kid. Like, it's.
0: <laughs> How could you forget he's got those, he's got the eyebrows. He's got the look. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. This also has, like, D- Dom Nell Gleeson, who is also in Force Awakens as, like, the First Order, like, commander guy. Oh. Yeah. Here he's a nicer character. Well, or a little bit more pragmatic, but, you know, he wants to do the right thing. It's...
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Andrew
1: Henry. All these really iconic names. John Fitzgerald, Andrew Harry, <laughs> Hugh Glass. Yeah. Just... <laughs>
0: yeah there's not a lot to say about this movie because it is really just about leo like surviving um it is like kind of i feel like there's like a genre of movie kind of like this like you know survival type movies where your character's lips get very very dry and they get very thirsty and it's there's like like catharsis when they finally get back but other than that, there's just not much of like a like happening in this in this movie to sort of talk about, at least like from the villain perspective at the very least. Cause he, he's he's like really hateable, but he and he's you know Tom Hardy's doing what he does. Yeah. But it's just like he's just sort of he makes like a the weird thing is, is that for like is he hateable, yes. Um but it's like I don't know. I feel like the I feel like what works for it is that there is sort of the thing early on where it's like he is volunteering for financial compensation to like be part of the crew that takes Leo. Um I feel like that adds to like him okay like he's kind he's a bad person for leaving. Um but like without that like he eventually sort of like makes a call that like this what are we doing? Like this guy is just <laughs> like he's going to get us killed eventually like he already messed up big time in the first we lost so many people and we're like trying to protect this guy um so like it's it's like it's like he's like a villain but he's he's in a situation where there's not a lot of good options that feel good <laughs> i mean he's kind of just looking out for his own it's
1: also very racist and kills that his too, son yeah. which again i believe is invention for the film to make, it, to make it worse, which I think that comes to my issues. Like, I don't think you need to build this guy up as, like, a villain. I think, like, just kind of the things of him leaving him for dead should be, like, enough. And maybe you do yeah. a conflicted thing where you kind of, where, as you said, you can kind of get his argument of why are we spending all these resources on this?
0: Yeah, for, like, a guy that, like, we we might not even make it because we're slagged behind, like, with him. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the, yeah, the killing of the son is just, it feels, it's just, like, I feel like in real life, I feel like this actual person, um, racism, racism aside, um, was probably just, like, a bit of a, bit of a coward and just, like, wanted to just leave. I don't think he's, like, this big, like, murderous person, probably, or at least whatever that meant back then. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it makes him, not, like, comically evil, but, like, definitely, like, a little, slightly less compelling, at least. Yeah. And a little less cath- cathartic at the end.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would agree. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he gonna be high on the villain rankings? No. no but, you know, like, it's not bad. He's just kind of feels extraneous like um, yeah. yeah but
0: do you have any any final thoughts for The Revenant yeah
1: again a ba- bad movie if if like gorgeous cinematography and interesting scenes that are like saying nothing but they think they're saying a lot is enough for you then you know, go for it. Maybe maybe you'll like it more, but yeah, I just cannot get on board with this one. Um, but what I could get on board with was yeah, Kingsman. Just yeah, a film that uh, is very juvenile and that I just always have a blast with. Like, um...
0: yeah, yeah, these movies like these movies are awesome. They're just like really really fun action movies. I. I really love the action in these movies. I think it's, like, my go-to example for, like, stuff that I like the most in, like, fight scenes in cinema. Um, Just the way, like, the camera moves, like, all the f- kind of fluidity of it. Like, the... They sort of... It's, like, the camera... There's, like, very little cuts, but that's because the camera is sort of, like, moving, like, with the motion a lot of the times, which is, like, really nice. Um, Yeah, I just... I really like the way these things fight like they're very very animated too they're very goofy um yeah just a very just a solid solid like actiony somewhat like they say they're spies but there's not actually a lot of like espionage that goes on it's mostly action um just a really solid movie like yeah have you had you've you've seen the the kingsman movies before i haven't seen the most recent one but i've seen the first two
1: yeah Yeah, so, um, I saw Kingsman in theaters, um, I actually have not seen the sequel or, like, the prequel, like, Golden Circle just sits on, like, Disney Plus now, and I'm like, yeah, maybe I should click on that and, and and watch it there, like, uh, yeah, I've heard that one, like, it's not, not as good, but, uh, but, yeah, no, I watched this in theaters, um, with, yeah, with my friend, like, you know, we we had a blast with it. There's some stuff later where people are like, "This film feels kind of like weirdly reactionary in ways," and you're like, "Well, yeah," but I don't know. It also, I would argue, it similar to the Revenant. It is a film that I is not really saying much about anything, but unlike the Revenant, that is kind of intentional on its part. Like, it wants you to kind of shut your brain off and then just kind of watch a lot of fun action stuff and Colin Firth go like nuts, um, and like just and Samuel L. Jackson just kind of ham it up as kind of a, you know, as tech billionaire villain and like yeah, this is a good time and I'll say this um, I know why they nominated Samuel L. Jackson, but if they had nominated Sophia Botella, who plays Gazelle instead, I think that also would have been valid because she is really fun and menacing with, like, her blade legs.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, just, yeah. Like, such a fun, like... You know, in in the same way that it's never a bad idea to give your character a trident, it's never a bad idea to give your character sword feet. Um... Like, it's just... it's just makes for just, like, really fun scenes and interesting action.
1: Yeah. And there's the dynamic where she's a lot more comfortable with violence than Samuel L. Jackson's character is. So there's scenes of her her just kind of, like, reassuring him through it. And, and like, her, like, taking delight. Like, Samuel L. Jackson is, like, horrified at, like, kind of during the church massacre sequence. And she's just like, yeah, no, this is good. Like... The presence of, Col- like, Colin Firth is my mom's uh, favorite actor. I think I brought up this up before. So when she found out this movie, she's like, it's a spy film of Colin Firth. I gotta see it. And it became a very big fight between between us, like, through the things of me going, you're going to hate this film. And she she being like, we only watch, like, kids' movies. And me go, going, no, you're literally not going to like this movie. Like, it's... But eventually she kind of listened Listen, and today does not watch Kingsman: The Secret Service. And um, I know they undo Colin First's death in like the sequel. So,
0: like, yeah, yeah, not to yeah, not to spoil too much, but he is he is back.
1: All right, you have seen Golden Circle, so
0: yeah. Yeah, see. no, I actually saw it first before this one, Um, which might help because I f- my recollection is I. I feel like they're both equal in my mind. I like them both, which might mean the second one is just worse, but I saw it first. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, no, I. But it also might be a Guardians of the Galaxy 2 situation where I saw the first one, or saw the second one first. I liked it more. That's because it might just be a movie that I like more. Yeah, I remember seeing this. Um, So Colin Firth. Does he. Does Colin Firth play. Austin Powers' dad, or is that Michael Caine? <laughs> or is it a third person I'm not thinking of?
1: That is Michael Caine. Um, we, have, okay. we previously talked about Colin Firth in Bridget Jones' Diary.
0: Okay. I don't know why, but I saw Colin Firth, and I thought it was Michael Caine. Um, because I thought he kind of looked like Austin Powers' dad in that movie a little bit. But then Michael Caine showed up, and I was like, "Oh, geez, I'm way off." Um, <laughs> um, he's yeah. I just I did not I did not click who it was. I did not click that it was Colin. Yeah,
1: he's also in Shakespeare in Love, um, where I believe he plays the villain. Like, yes, yeah, he plays Lord Wessex in Shakespeare in Love. Um, he's a more likable in Bridget Jones' Diaries and he's really good in this is just kind of like the mentor uh, figure
0: yeah this movie is just very very fun action like pretty funny um like wicked fast pace um neat twists neat like neat visuals um like the scene with all like the heads exploding uh is always super neat just like just a solid really solid flick um I was gonna watch the second one in preparation, but I did run out of time, um, So I wanted to see how they compared. Um, but yeah, but I think the one thing I think I did, I did think, I don't know if this holds up, but I do think I like the villain in this one more. So I think Samuel Jackson is just doing, just such a such a hammed up job that I really love. Yeah,
1: Samuel Jackson, he's really good in in this, like, um, it's, I think part of the, oh, this is reactionary one, is that his plan is kind of, like, to stop global warming, but also I think we had maybe a bit of a different view of Elon Musk-esque tech billionaires in 2016 than we do now, because there's literally, like, he literally calls, I'm... I mean, they don't say Elon Musk, but it's like, hey, E, I need one of your satellites, when they, like, take out a satellite towards the end of the movie. like, This film's very interesting, like, him playing this real high-status, like, new money, like, just basically playing, like, a Silicon Valley tech billionaire Bond villain type. Um, And, yeah, he's, like, a blast. Like, you know he he doesn't do any of his own fighting really but i'll say that little song that plays whenever he has the his hand on the button that's gonna try and get everyone to like go kill each other like that's been in my head for weeks since watching this <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah oh yeah no i like i like how brutal this movie is too like there's like a lot of like like the one of like in one of the first scenes like a character is just split down the middle um just like yeah it just is um it is it is undone um in the future and it it is honestly kind of ruined by me watching the second one first but like the scene where um Colin Firth does get shot is just shocking um and I think to this movie's credit I think it does show in the movie that, like, yep, sometimes, like, characters will just die. Um, you know, like, sometimes, like, you know, like, certain characters will just, like, you know, they won't be around anymore. Um, so, it's just, it is quite a nice, like, kind of shocking scene. There's nice, like, there's nice little, like, sort of meta banter between him and him and... Samuel. Um him being like I mean like oh, this is the part where I'm supposed to like you know give you my whole plan and he's like, well, it's not that kind of movie or something and he just shoots him right there um i also i really do like the I like the plan of making the world just fight each fight each other to death as <laughs> a way of population control um it's just very very neat can be leads to a very like visually interesting intense scenes um yeah it leads to like i think it's really good at creating stakes that are just very far away like the the main character's mom like almost killing a baby because she's affected by the the sim chip virus noise um just really solid idea very funny scenes of just huge crowds of people just fighting each other um i think it's really interesting i think it is it is weirdly unique in its own way because like in in scenes in movies there's like there's like riot scenes of like a grand scale but usually those are like people like breaking stuff and like and just like trying to cause a lot of damage but these are just people just fighting each other with no rhyme or reason which just leads to just a very visually funny affair that i really enjoyed
1: yeah It's a very, it's very, like, it's very visually pleasing. The action is really well staged, which is, like, I think a rarity in modern blockbusters these days. Like, you get, oh, yeah, no, literally, we're going to talk about Suicide Squad next week, where everything is so dark, and you can barely see it, and it's rainy. Whereas this, like, it's, you know, it's a bunch of, like, fights in bright settings, and, like, everything looks really good. Like the, there's genuine tension and, oh, how's he going to like get past it and cl- clever stuff. Like the bit where he's able to apply the little bit of poison so they he can get a takedown, like Gazelle with just like a scratch is like really strong. And again, yeah. Mm hmm. And yeah. Yeah. And as I said at the start, this is a film that is like pretty, uh, Juvenile, you know, it's aimed at like teenage boys. That go, yeah, yeah, isn't this cool? Yeah, uh, like you know, it' not the best with its female char- characters. Um, you know, the the Roxy char- character like is fine though. My understanding also is she dies pretty quickly in the sequel. Um, so, but you know, sometimes it's fun anyway
0: yeah can't can't guys just have a movie we have so little yeah. right now yeah <laughs> we have so little you how to take this. also it is objectively
1: <laughs> funny that it that the movie ends with him going to sleep with like a princess just
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's yeah very <laughs> very very juvenile in that way um yeah i but you know what it's fun though. It's just a fun movie. Um, I really do want to see the very, the very new one though. because um, at the end of the day, like, the action in these movies are like what, like I watch them for. Uh, they're just so cool. I, I minor spoilers, but there is like a scene in the sequel, um, where, uh, Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian, um, like. I can't remember which side he's on, whether he's the one controlling the electric lasso or he's the one jumping through it. But, like, one of them, like, kind of spin jumps through it midair. And it's just, it's so cool. It's just such a cool, visually cool thing that, like, I haven't seen that movie in years. But that, that image just burned in my head. Um, So, like, as long as the new movie has awesome stuff like that, like, I'm going to enjoy it.
1: That's, a no, that sounds neat. But yeah, Yeah. fun movie, even though... I guess the one weird thing about this is this film came out in February 2015, which, you know, typically, when in the past, like, usually January to... Sometimes even March, they'll let, like, films kind of jump through. So it is funny where they're like, yeah, I don't know about 2015, but 2016, sure. You know, stick it in there. Especially because... Deadpool literally came out in February 2016, so you know, kind of weird, just weirdness yeah. in the logistics of MTV Movie Award cutoff stuff. Um, but I digress. Um, do we have anything more to say on Kingsman: The Golden Circle?
0: Uh, nope. That's also the name of the sequel. Uh, this is oh, Kingsman: The Secret, Secret Service. Service. Yes. <laughs> no, all good. I've have... Sometimes is... you get a few
1: Wikipedia <laughs> articles ahead of
0: yourself. Uh, well, well. To be fair, we have I have nothing to say about either. So, um, yeah, I think we can move on to Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, um, yeah. And is it is it Immortan Joe or is it supposed to be Immortal Joe? Uh,
1: it is Immortan Joe.
0: Okay. I thought I was, I thought the page was spelled wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Ben, I don't know if you remember, but for part of this summer, I was reading an oral history on the production of this movie, and I forget if you had told me whether you had seen this film before, then or not.
0: Um, I, I, yeah, I do remember you had that book, and I have, I have not seen this movie before. This was a brand new experience. Were you
1: aware of its reputation?
0: Um... No. I don't think I had any I knew the only thing I knew about it was that there are scenes that are supposed to take place at night, but are very clearly just a lazy blue filter put over regular scenes. Um, which I think is fine. I'm I'm of the mind I expressed this opinion when we covered Blade, where as long as it like looks cool, like it doesn't need to look real. Um, I think those blue scenes are kinda nice. I think it's a nice uh break from the yellow the pure yellow we get for most of it
1: also that might have been night um this film had famously a very long time in the making famously uh, mostly practical stuff like they shot in the desert for months um which is why i'm yeah and the cgi was mostly just used to like augment things but like they actually stage vehicle crashes and like flaming guitars and all of that, which is, you know, led us to go that, uh, yeah. So this is widely considered to be, you know, one of the best kind of like blockbuster action films of, yeah, of the century so far, because it is kind of like George Miller who had made three Mad Maxes and made a uh, happy feats and all this stuff, just kind of going wild like and doing this this thing where like you you watch this and then you read about it, and you're like, it's insane that a bunch of people didn't die like jumping vehicles to vehicles and doing all this crazy stuff, like
0: yeah, um, yeah, honestly, and like I think honestly, I feel like it's it's one of those things where um. I want to say that it paid off. Um, I've not recently seen like a CGI car movie, but I feel like if I were to like put like, I don't want to say one where I'm wrong about it, but in my mind, I'm going to guess that something like maybe like death race three, it probably has some CGI or something. Um, but like everything in this movie, like looks really good. Um, like and yeah for no short part that it's like actually like real stuff crashing um yeah like it is it is just kind very similar to honestly like i feel like you know this movie Kingman and the revenant um all in, in the same way that are they're just very pretty movies whether it's like the senate like the the scenery of the Revenant or like the fight scenes of the Kingman's Kingsman, or just like a lot of this movie, just very, very like pretty and like very, um, like very much like Fury Road wants to like look brutal. And I think it very much like, I feel like the, a problem in movies is that, um, there are clearly scenes where they want to convey like dirt and grime, and just because of the nature of, like, it being a movie, it sometimes doesn't sell it. Um, but, like, yeah, this movie, I think despite it not being sort of this um, almost, like, survivor simulator-esque movie like The Revenant, I, despite it being, like, sort of this fun action movie, I think it does very much capture, you know, grime and, and dust and things like feeling dirty.
1: Yeah well yeah partly because everyone was like dirty during like the filming of this movie but yeah there's just i agree like really this is a tactile feel to all the action and stuff and this does have more going on than like kingsman or revenant like thematically like there's a lot of interesting stuff with like furiosa and and the the women and just all the kind of stuff you can like unpack about like the war boys and all, all that like but it's all this imagery and all these ideas and then it's but it's presented as this really like propulsive just big action movie that there wasn't even really a script for it it was just hundreds and hundreds of storyboards of what george miller felt the scenes were gonna look like and then him just shooting stuff over and over until it looked like he envisioned it and like just it just really pays off with this film And another interesting thing with this is Hugh Keys Burns actually was also the villain in the original Mad Max. Like he wasn't a Morton Joe, he was a different character. But like but as a much younger man he played like this kind of guy and then kinda of just wound up once again as the villain in this film and I think does a really good job with a Morton Joe making him like feel up like imposing and scary. Like,
0: yeah. No, I actually, I didn't know that. That's actually super duper interesting. I like that. Yeah. No, I think he's, yeah, it's weird that like, I think this is another case where unfortunately our like protagonists and antagonists don't get like a lot of like direct contact, um, which I think is like kind of the point, like a lot of this is sort of hinging on like kind of trying to be one step ahead of them. Um, Cause of like the, I think the implication is that like if they were to like, get cornered and get caught that'd be the end um yeah it's but like very i feel like yeah in in sort of the vein of everything being practical here like i feel like all the makeup and stuff on him just is just so it's just very cool looking it's just a very like cool looking character and he's just yeah very very like scary scary looking which is very important i feel like in a movie like this
1: yeah, and he has, like, a really cool car and, um, and just a really cool entourage. And he really sells, because part of the whole thing with the War Boys is the idea of, like, you do buy into the cult of personality that's kind of formed around this guy. Um, and his methods of control and just releasing the, the water. And it does add to a good sense of tension, kind of both in the thing where you're like, well, how are they going to get away from this guy? And then, of course, there's the key point when they're like, what if we just went back and took over while they were all out chasing us?
0: Yeah, I I really like that. I kind of think it's kind of neat. It's sort of, I feel like with this movie, because it's like the whole Mad Max is very much built around cars and like car chases, it makes the most sense for like, um, for like the plot kind of needs a reason for characters to always be like moving to the next area. Um, and I think it's just, yeah, I think it's a very, very good choice to sort of have the, the sort of trajectory of the characters just be kind of one big circle.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, it really builds like it's a film that builds very nicely. And I'll say, you know, while you don't get a lot of like interaction with kind of, and more more than joe uh you you do get like i think a good representative of that through the nicholas holt character nux i think it's just an interesting uh like an interesting addition and maybe has one of the best arcs in the film going from like true believer to willing to sacrifice himself to like give furiosa and the wives like a chance at freedom like
0: yeah no i think that's that's super, that's super cool. I kind of wish that, I think it would have been, I don't even know if it would have been, well, it clearly would have been more difficult than not doing it. But I kind of wish that he was kind of chained to Tom Hardy for the whole movie. I think that would have been kind of like a neat thing to deal with. Um. Uh, But I, that also I feel like would have been maybe hard to, especially because everything is practical and like happening i feel like that would just add an an extra layer of difficulty that maybe just don't want to deal with
1: yeah like it would have been fun but yeah logistic wise it kind of makes sense that they free max especially because kind of the interplay between him and furiosa and them going from like just clashing to having genuine respect for one another like i think is kind of you know It is sort of the heart of the film, and maybe it takes away from that if you also have he's chained up to another guy the whole time.
0: Yeah, no, um, trying to think of anything else for this movie. Um,
1: yeah, this is a tough one. It's crazy that we, yeah, yeah, we spent so much talking about South Park on like Star Wars stuff, (laughs) and then I think. Partly with like six movies. I know we always had that thing where we're like, Well we gotta go through them so these episodes don't go on forever, but I do think um, you were experiencing all this for the first time. What was your favorite bit of it?
0: Just... Oh man. Um I really liked like the, the old ladies. Um I really liked their sort of implementation of it. They were kinda of, like goofy. I think I really I think any sort of, like, post-apocalyptic sort of setting. I do like the characters who've sort of been in it the longest. I think they're just kind of neat. Um, Yeah, I like... Yeah, this movie's... I don't think this movie's goal... uh, Probably not, because it's, like, it's a movie... It's, like... I assume... This movie is... Is this movie, like, a reboot, or is it a... Is it, like, sort of a continuation? Or where does it sort of sit in relation to the mad maxes of yesteryear
1: um ooh, that is an interesting question um obviously when this movie was originally in the works uh mel gibson was originally going to reprise his role as max and then for many many reasons that became kind of impossible but this is set, um, I think at one point they were saying that it was somewhere between Road Warrior and Beyond Thunderdome because I think he has a different car in Beyond Thunderdome and they have him in, like, the Road Warrior car. Like, there's something for, like, the time, the timeline. Um, but the Everman Max stuff, like, It's not a reboot in the sense that it kind of erases that, like, the other Mad Max movies happened or will happen. But you also, you don't really need them to kind of get sort of what's going on with this character. The idea with this is, I think Miller talks a lot in the book, of the idea was getting Max to the point where he is kind of having gone really gone mad and has given up on his humanity and his own journey and this is him kind of finding his way sort of back to that and back to wanting to care and wanting to like help people um
0: okay yeah just because like i kind of think the world the world just seems neat just seems like a neat sort of wasteland yeah. I'm always fascinated about the lore of those kinds of places yeah.
1: uh, have you ever seen any of the original films or
0: i have not yeah Yeah, that's kind of i assume those movies just by virtue of them being more have like more little world building things
1: yeah they're actually really interesting because the original mad max the idea it's like society isn't that far gone yet like it's you know he's he lives in a house and he has like a wife and kid though he doesn't by the end of the film and he is still kind of like a police officer and sort of and then it's sort of here's the tragedy that eventually kinda of sends him off into the wilderness a bit. And then by the road warrior, it's like, okay, here is the here's this crazy sort of post apocalyptic stuff that introduces a lot of the Im- imagery. There's this like cool helicopter, gyrocopter type guy, mm-hmm. like it's yeah. And that's where it really gets into the idea of there's a there'll be a lot of cool action sequences and a lot of cool like vehicle stuff and then beyond thunderdome is sort of its own thing like it thunderdome's a fun concept it's one of the weaker ones of the franchise but yeah there's definitely if you're liking the world like it is kind of a fun progression to watch those three films as things just get crazier and crazier with each movie um oh neato so do we have anything else to say about fury road
0: I think this is, or not one of, this is I think the first movie since Sky Captain where I think I can characterize this as sort of a video game ass movie and not mean it in any sort of derision. <laughs> um, uh, Yeah, like it is just is, I mean that in like a, I want to explore this world. And I hear the Mad Max game tied with this movie is really good as well, so. Maybe I can.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it again sometime. Was it not like a mm. dominating category film, like Deadpool or The Force Awakens? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm excited. If I if we ever recover this one again, I'll probably try my best to give at least one of those original movies a walk watch through as well.
1: Yeah, um, but for now, yeah, let's talk with the Merc the merk with the mouth himself um yeah deadpool so
0: yeah um so because we did our sort of week gap i was able to sort of watch some extra movies uh with this list and one of those being chocolate uh, <laughs> i wish Uh no one was being deadpool 2 and i think i did confirm after watching them both in such close proximity that like i just like deadpool 2 more um in like Every way. Um, but I will. You know what? I will give credit where credit is due. I do think. um, I, I do think. Uh, the villain in this one. Is not horrible. I think like the performance. He's giving. Is like honestly pretty good. I think he was given. A not interesting character. And he was able to be like. A very good like kind of dirt bag and like i you know because i think like deadpool 2 has like a lot more it has like a like sort of three-ish villains and like one of them is not kind of not a villain by the end and then the other one of them and the other two are like barely in it uh so like that one's a little bit harder to judge in this respect but definitely on this rewatch i definitely appreciated his villain performance more
1: Oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Um, Yeah, Francis, like, he's not the most exciting villain in the world, but, I don't know, he, he gets the job done. Obviously, as, as someone, like, as the villain of a first Deadpool movie, where, obviously, it's way more about establishing who Deadpool is, and then doing, like, a lot of shit, and also, you don't really have a lot of money to do, like, something that's crazy impressive or requires a lot of complicated effects it's kind of funny that the villain of deadpool one is just like a guy um
0: yeah after watching this uh so close to deadpool 2 definitely like what is what the thing that's mainly enshrined in my mind about these movies is that like these movies are at their best when it's like deadpool and colossus um like just like bar none like that is like some of like the best because like i i like these movies i think they're neat but like it's really it really stinks that like it feels like every character that isn't colossus is just like kind of also doing a variation of kind of deadpool shtick um or like they're all like very like colossus feels like the only he's like the only character that like takes things seriously and is like trying to be like a good person, <laughs> um, so naturally, like his, his scenes are the most fun. And then I think that also carries over a bit into Deadpool two, where I think like my favorite character in that one is like, or my favorite sort of, um, yeah, I guess yeah, one of my favorite characters is like Dynamo, just because I like her sort of dynamic with Deadpool a lot more.
1: Yeah, definitely. Colossus stands out because he's like a different thing. Like, I mean, the War warhead, like their kind of snarky dynamic is fun. And then, obviously, yeah, you know, we talked a lot about like his, yeah, you know, his sort of relationship in the first first film where it's nice. But yeah, Colossus does work because like it's the one time where they are doing like kind of a specific send up of like kind of just boring superheroes with strong moral compasses and i talked about this a lot on our last episode but it's still it's an incredibly funny scene when colossus is gonna give like the third act speech of oh yeah one or two two moments just like the thing where in any other movie would be this (laughs) serious thing where colossus convinces deadpool not to kill him and then deadpool just kills him mid-speech he's like you were going on and on. I wanted him dead. Like it's,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's really, it's really, really strong. I really like that scene too. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: The Colossus stuff in two is also really good from my memory of it, where they really kind of go into yeah. their dynamic.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's really good. Um, yeah, like the like the scene where like Tiffle just like. Just like he's like, say fuck, just for me, just one time, <laughs> and then he does it. and He's like, wow, enjoy hell. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm excited for for Deadpool three. Um, I think it's gonna be very interesting because I keep on hearing things like it's gonna be the first one that's sort of integrated into the MCU. I don't know if that's true or just like that is true tabloid news. Oh, okay, yeah. I also read, I read something today that might be a little more conjecture than that being like, this is the movie that's going to kind of like sort of deal with the sort of like kind of weird conversion of all the different MCU, like the timeline stuff and like the different multiverses and like try to like say something about that. I don't know, but I think it's probably the most appropriate place to deal with something that's getting silly. Considering that Deadpool 2 had its like own time thing. Um and then after watching Days of Futures Past, realizing that Deadpool already existed in a weird timeline mess of his own before. Um which was very, very strange.
1: Yeah. Well that's the only references like, oh S- Stuart or McAvoy or what
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then there's uh there's a really the really like the scene in Deadpool 2 where like he's like he's like oh man like I never see anyone else here and then like behind him in the room is just like all the all the X-Men from the the sort of new timeline and they just sort of close the door um (laughs) I think that's that's kind of neat um yeah Yeah, it'll
1: be interesting to see what the third Deadpool does I've also heard some things that you know maybe it'll be a bit of a hopping yeah sort of multiverse hopping type thing but
0: Let's yeah, yeah. No, have and, you um, seen
1: Quantumania yet?
0: <laughs> I have seen Quantumanium. Um, Have you? Yeah.
1: Might as well yeah. talk about Quantumania for a couple minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit before. Yeah, listen. We talked about Deadpool before. You can go listen to that episode if you want a more... I don't even know if we went in depth then either. It's just... We probably it's, went it's, in
1: depth. It's, yeah. Was it's on. It's, a... it's the same episode yeah, where we, we... talked about Pitch Perfect 2 and Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh. Like, it's...
0: There we go. Yeah, go listen to that episode. It's a a good episode. Um, Yeah, but basic Deadpool stuff is that it's it's a decent movie. It was kind of, it was pretty fresh when it came out. Um, But the sequel is just, I just like it better in almost every way. Yeah. Like down to like, down to like the opening gag. uh, Like the opening credits gag is really strong. Um, Small side tangent before our big side tangent of Ant-Man. There was sort of that like re that like weird that other cut of Deadpool 2 that had like a bunch of different jokes and like different stuff. Um that I like I like that one less, honestly. Um it makes like it's weird changes that are just like less funny. Yeah. Like
1: this is this is not the all ages version of it. This is like the one that
0: Oh, I don't even think it's that. It was like there, I guess maybe there's three versions of Deadpool. Of Deadpool yeah, there's 2. once upon a one...
1: of Deadpool in which they were, made a PG-13 cut and then included Princess Bride jokes. Like
0: it's. Oh yeah, no, there's a separate one other than that one that just has. I think it's like an act. It has like more in it. It's like the yeah. opposite of that. I think that might be the
1: version. Um, I feel I own Deadpool two on Blu-ray, and I'm trying to remember if that's the version I have or if I've seen it. Like it's.
0: I I remember. I think I remember playing it at camp uh showing it to Mac, um, but just in a small microcosm of that is that during that sort of, um, that sort of, uh, James Bond style opening, like the Skyfall style opening, there's a part where like, he's, he's like, there's like a Deadpool, like laying, like paint me like one of your French girls style on like in, in the, in the regular version, it's like a finger gun, but in this one, it's like a regular gun. And it's like, that's just less funny. That just looks less funny than him being, like, on a finger. I don't know. Just strange. Strange changes. Um, One or two jokes is better, but almost every, like, substitution is just less funny. Um, But, hey, you know, I can always just choose not to watch that one. But, yeah, in between our two Marvel movies, we can now have the Quantumanium side tangent.
1: Yeah. A movie that, I don't know, it's... I think it was at its best when it was kind of being Ant Man 3, which meant when Corey Stoll was around as Big Head Modoc. Which some people online are like, oh, they yeah. made Modoc look stupid. It's like, <laughs> have you seen what Modoc looks like? <laughs> it's inherently stupid. Like, it's fine. It's,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, I think here, oh man. So, I got to watch a healthy chunk of movies. Um,. In in addition, I think I wa- what I'm trying to think. I watched Quantumanium, watched Deadpool 2, and I watched Magic Mike 1. I don't know if that's related to what I'm about to say, but I just wanted to share that. Um, And, like, my, man, if there's one takeaway you have for me in this podcast is just make shorter movies. Um, I think Ant-Man, Quant- Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium has an hour and a half of great content. I think it has... Like if there's just, but there's, I think it's a movie that has more good moments than bad moments. um. But, and the bad moments aren't even like bad, bad. They're just like kind of boring. <laughs> um,
1: I am pretty sure more... it was originally supposed to, wait, I'm not sure if she'd be talking about name spoilers, but I am pretty oh, sure that it... the end...
0: Big spoilers! Big spoilers for Quantum. I am pretty sure big it was spoilers. originally
1: supposed to end with him still stuck in the quantum realm, and that like Casey and that like Cassie footage was gonna be one of the post credits, and then they just kind of like said, "Nah, let's give him back there and then give him a yeah. weird voiceover." Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I honestly I don't even mind that. I think that's fine. I think it's fine if the goofy Ant Man character gets like. Yeah, a happy ending with like a weird morbid twist to it um like i like that yeah. I, um, I
1: guess into what half an hour did you think was bad like, um...
0: not even bad it's just like man it's just like it's weird it's hard to describe i feel like kang should have been in it less yeah. i think he should have been i think he should have played more of like a background. He should have been a little more in the background, kind of like Thanos was in his first couple appearances. I feel like he should have been this sort of menacing person in the background. Um, and then like, let, let listen, the MODOK scenes are objectively hilarious. Like those are some of the funniest parts of the movie. Like spoilers for the best parts of quantum Manium. When you see his little bum bum, uh, when he says, look at me, i'm such a dick um i'm spoiling probably one of the funniest jokes so skip a few seconds skip like 20 seconds in the future but like when he's like when he's like i finally get to die an avenger that's, that's so just funny. super funny that's, laugh, that's I so, think. <laughs> yeah but i feel like there's just so much like the bill murray stuff is just it was so pointless what a waste Um, he's barely in it
1: and like he has his own poster for it like it's
0: yeah it's just like and here's the thing is that like listen everyone knows me i love uh the implication of old people having sex that's like one of my favorite things um so like it would have been kind of neat to like with like the two um the two old ant-man and old wasps i'm sure their actors have names um like kind of getting to see them michael douglas and like... michelle
1: pfeiffer
0: like... <laughs> oh yeah oh, who are they um yeah like i i kind of i would that'd be kind of neat that'd be kind of neat to talk about you know like well, of course they both moved on um mainly because they didn't have like much to do um it's a very strange i feel like it's a very strange movie where like it's not that the the problem is that like the thirty minutes that I feel like you could cut would just be from several different areas that I feel like if you pulled those strings you'd have to pull so much more um but you know what I still walked away with it being like there were some awesome moments in that movie um as much as I don't love that Kang was in it so much, and as much as like it was kinda of, I personally think when he's in like. He's in his, like, blue face mode and he's shooting lasers. That just looked very lame. I don't know what it was. But, like, when his, like, stuff is, like, torn up and him and him and Ant-Man just have to, like, fist fight. That was awesome. That was, like, super cool. <laughs> uh, like, I really liked that. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh,
1: I will say, yeah, my thing with this movie is also, if you want to spend your time in the quantum realm and not have any of the fun side characters, fine. Whatever. But don't show me like a cool looking desert and a cool looking jungle and then most of it's just in a really boring fortress or like ships or stuff like come on. Yeah. Also Majors is I don't know yeah. if you ever finished Loki but he like the version the variant of Kang he plays in Loki is a much more interesting performance. Which, like, this Kang, I think he's fun at the end when he gets to cut loose and lose his temper. And yeah, when he gets to look stupid. And uh, then the stuff that's setting up, like, future Kang. um, Quick spoiler again, but if you know anything about Kang, you knew this was coming. But I got really excited when they were showing Rama Tut and Immortus. And scarlet centurion and the other versions of kang and all of them were just like losing their minds and i'm like yeah this looks good this looks fun and the loki season 2 tease also looks like really good like i guess my thing with kang is you can have him around just don't make him grave the whole time like also yeah this this film where it lost me was it having to set up kind of the stakes of the the arc. It's like, we don't need to do that now. Just do like a King story and then set that all up at the end. Um, but yeah, anyways, let's move on from Marvel yeah. to talk about Marvel. Um, Age of Ultron.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh man. Um, I don't know what it is about, uh, sequels that at the time I felt like we're not the best that I come back to and end up loving a lot.
1: Yeah, this is really good.
0: I, I really like this one. Um, like again, I feel like this one, I'm trying to think, I feel like I honestly, I just want shorter movies. Cause then it's just all of the good stuff. But then I guess, how do you know where to cut? I guess really, Oh, I guess really quick backtrack to my, to the quantum thing. Um, it was I don't know how to describe this feeling, but like I feel like in that movie there was like very kind of lame, kind of boring, like didn't do enough with this cool concept, like you were saying, like not ha- having this cool environment and just having most of it take place in weird techno city. Um and there's also just stuff that is just really, really cool. I liked big kaiju uh hitman. I don't know why I have this feeling, but like when I'm watching the movie. I have this just like weird inkling that like the person who made this movie, the people who make this movie, I don't think they, they didn't know the difference. They didn't know that one of these was awesome and one of these was really, one of these decisions was really lame. It felt like, and it made me feel like the awesome, cool moments were by accident. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's just my feeling on it. Um, It didn't feel like, I felt like they're really awesome.
1: Wait, in Ultron or in Ant Man?
0: in uh, in ant man, it felt like the really awesome moments were given like they felt like they were given shared screen time with scenes that were just not at all cool and it, i guess i guess my i guess the weird thing that's happening in my brain you have said
1: the three quarters of it is awesome, yeah,
0: well,, no, that's the thing, and like I think the problem with my brain is that like how is the person how is the movie that has like like really kind of weird boring decisions where they spend a lot of time with like Ant-Man doing Ant-Man and Ant-Man jr doing like the same move to multiple enemies where they just shrink and then get big and hit them also have the really amazing scene of like the the what is it like the probability like realm or whatever the probability field um it's just very strange (laughs) to me still a solid movie all around but I don't know how to describe it other than it felt like it was good by accident. Like I don't I don't kinda of like what you said with Avengers, the first Avengers that like there's really good moments and I don't know if they knew how to carry the really good moments forward. And that's my big worry. Um but yeah. That was my final quantumanium thought that I had to get out there.
1: Yeah, so Age of Ultron, um Yeah, this was a movie where I remember liking it a lot in theaters, even though I got the sense, oh, this is messier. And then I remember there was a lot of discourse online, because uh, famously, and as he went into this, this is a film that kind of sort of burnt out Joss Whedon, sort of like he and Marvel kind of fell out after this. Um, probably for the best for Marvel, because the allegations against Whedon started coming up a couple years after that, but... Um, it was, it was always a thing where when people are like, "Why didn't this hit?" And then what they have boiled it down to is they're like, "Well, you know, it's good." And then there's a sequence where four goes to a cave, and it's clearly just like a bunch of setup. And then Whedon's whole thing is that he had really liked the stuff of them at Hawkeye's farm, but Marvel and Marvel wanted them to cut uh, cut that, and then the comp and. Boost up this like Thor goes on a quest and learns about infinity stone stuff and this was kind of the compromise of okay we'll have the f- farm and we'll have him go to the cave and then everyone's like yeah that's the opinion to the movie's messiness and then when i was watching this i'm like no it isn't the thing that's messy about the movie is that after like the farm sequence ends with nick fury giving everyone the pep talk There's an additional two acts of the movie. Like it's a full hour and like two acts left after the farm and cave stuff ends. Like which like so much happens in this movie compared to like the original Yeah, it has like
0: it juggles quite a bit. And also like watching it watching it now man, Man it must have sucked so much when in this movie when Black Panther didn't show up. Like, cause at the time I knew very little about Marvel and like, I just like, and like so much so that like the name, like Wakanda, like meant nothing to me at the time. Um, and like, that must've, but, like watching it now, I'm like, how was there not, I guess maybe they didn't have like an actor picked out or they didn't have that like ready to go, but like, cause like they literally go there <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's just like, yeah ah oh, it's just like what a that must have been really upsetting uh yeah
1: no it, it was more of a tease than anything like I, black panther had been announced i forget if Bozeman had been cast like i forget what the timeline is but yeah it was kind of the okay we're gonna set up the idea of like wakanda which then is weird because they're doing like vibranium stuff but then the actual black panther movies kind of like set up that no one really knows much about vibranium so yeah it's
0: more of like i think I it's like know. the it's like a black yeah. market thing i guess like in at least in this movie it's not like a actual resource being like distributed um yeah yeah
1: but then it is weird too because like it, obviously that sequence builds to the big like hulk like iron man fight and then i had to look at because well it they're not fighting in wakanda but it is a thing where i'm like wait is this supposed to be Wakanda? Weren't we just off the coast of Wakanda? Where are we fighting? Like, but I think it's just like a neighboring. Or I forget. I forget where that fight actually takes place. But
0: yeah, it's 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 yeah. somewhere. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I. I super like this movie. Um. Like I. Yeah. I. I thought I felt similarly the way I do Ant-Man and Quantumadium. And maybe when I return to that movie, I'll feel better about it. Like I did with this one. Whereas like, I feel like in my head, I had this idea where it's like, I like, I like a lot of the scenes in Age of Ultron, but there's like a lot of fluff. But like, I don't know. I like all the fluff in this one. I like the party scene. I like Hawkeye. I like the Hulkbuster Hulk fight. Um, Yeah, I really like, really like... um. Really like Ultron. I think it's just cool. Sounds cool. Looks cool. But
1: yeah, this is like a messy film. I know, like it's one that obviously it's them kind of trying to pick apart the teen dynamics and do setup and do this stuff. But it is reasonably entertaining. Like I know people make fun of kind of the language banter as the thing of well, this is one Marvel dialogue turn. <laughs> I, I think it's funny. too. I think, I think that's
0: really charming. I really like that. I think yeah. it's like a nice little, it's like a nice little joke. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's. They have gone in so much worse than just language.
0: Yeah, or... yeah, and like um, I really, and this, it fits the character. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a. Yeah, it's just kind of like a goofy yeah. thing. It's like a slip of the tongue. Um, yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. The black. Yeah. I know another, the other big controversial thing about this movie was kind of the Black Widow Hulk romance, specifically the scene where, when he's like, I'm a monster, then yeah, and how Natasha opens up about being sterilized and then goes, <laughs> so you think you're the only monster, and then
0: Whoa, people are like, Sam what me. is she implying there? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like she's a monster cuz she can't have <laughs> children. Isn't that like really? really
0: yeah. Impressive? To okay. to be to be charitable, I think it's it's mainly because Hulk is also talking about why he can't have children, I think, because of like the gamma radiation, but it definitely comes across yeah. like <laughs> like yeah.
1: The first time I watched it in theaters, I didn't really register as much. I'm like, no, she she's literally just talking all the sushi data like as a spy and then watching it I'm like, oh yeah, no, it's weird. It like it focuses on like the lot It's weird to pair those together.
0: Yeah. It's it. very, very, very strange. Um especially because that just ends up ends up not going many, many places. Um Yeah. But yeah, no, um Yeah, I think this movie's really just really solid. Um, I understand, uh, now, uh, the upsetness with maybe the Quicksilver stuff. Um, I do kind of get that, uh, after seeing like really cool Quicksilver stuff in the, those X-Men movies. Um, and then kind of seeing this and going like, oh, okay. (laughs) I can definitely see that. At the time, I, I didn't really care that much. Um, I think it's very strange. I don't know, it it feels very strange to like, kill off a spoilers by the way, to kill off a character in like the movie that you introduce them. Um, That's always such a weird choice. Um,
1: Yeah, I remember going, what, is this just because they don't want to have to deal with like having to compare to the one every time and Quicksilver like he is a really interesting character in the comics and it does feel like they they had they could have done more with him and with like his relationship to Wanda and stuff like that and it does feel like a waste even though that scene is well done and it is kind of good payoff to the little relationship that is building between them and Hawkeye yeah. the whole movie
0: yeah um yeah and it also does oh man this is uh we, we're. I don't know if we want to go off into a second side tangent. I don't. Did we ever talk about in depth? Uh, the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Yeah,
1: we have not. There's the chance oh, we're going to yeah. do that later. Um.
0: Just, oh that man, I wonder cool. if I just want to hold off then. Um. Yeah, I'll just. I'll hold off. I just like. I feel like. Yeah, because this is yeah of course the movie that like I guess to summarize. Um and maybe I won't even need to go more in depth because maybe this is all I feel about it but like it's very strange or not strange eh, strange um in that movie i feel like the villain spoilers the villain reveal of one division i think it's very strange cuz usually the problem with something like that is that it feels super unearned it feels like um it feels like this feels like a weird 180. Um, but I feel like that's not the case um, with that. But I feel like the execution was pretty weak. Considering like how much material they had to make it seem super believable. Um, but again, I've only seen that movie once. And I feel like these movies, I think more often than not, these movies click on the second watch. So, But... That's my short little spiel on that.
1: Yeah, it's. Oh, I guess Wandavision episode will also be a good chance to talk oh, about multiversal madness. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, I think they're not always great with having like a consistent sense of her character. While you were doing that, I was now looking up the story of how because, um. Her and Quicksilver starting off as kind of like villains, and then joining. It's sort of tamir in the early comics where they were like X Men villains, and then kind of reform later. But famously, how they joined the Avengers was like about fifteen issues into the the run suddenly. Um, and comics Avengers has weird like bylaws and manuals and all like. Just all this weird hierarchy stuff that no one wanted, because they're like, "Oh, we need a break for a while." And the first, Hawkeye, who was a villain for a bit, shows up. He's like, "Hey, I want to join the Avengers. I want to aid society." And then when, and then like from wherever they are, like Wanda and Pietro, they see this and they're like, "Hmm, you know, we used to be villains, and now we've kind of yeah, and now we've kind of like changed our yeah, changed our ways, and you know, we want to be good all along." So they write him, they write Captain America a letter going, hey, we want to join the Avengers. And that's how they kind of join. <laughs> and it's, it's just really funny, like, 60s stuff. And then the hook for a while is the team is like Captain America and these three, like, former villains. <laughs> also, it's something where Hawkeye's like, yeah, I'm Black Widow, but she's dead now. And it's, <laughs> no, she isn't. But.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'll definitely, yeah. I'll definitely um, give it a thought. I definitely have like thoughts about this whole like the Scarlet Witch arc, um, because like it is, it's a strange one. Um, yeah, I think it's, but I think it's neat. Um, yeah, no, but speaking of, yeah, yeah Ultron, Not Ultron, ah, really like Ultron. Um, very cool voice. Um, I think this is, I think. I don't know. I think the design is good. I think it is, it is kind of broaching upon that. Like you're making it look so sleek that it barely looks like it barely looks robotic, but I think that's helped by like the, the cool face shape. I think that's helped a lot there. Um, yeah, I think he's got, um, I like the part where he like rips through a version of himself. It's like actually kind of scary. Um, yeah, I yeah, it's just a, what I his his uh his sort of like it's it's nice cuz it's like his like uh philosophy, it's not super complex, but it makes sense for like a robot, like it doesn't really need to be like very human, like despite him having like very like hum, human man, um mannerisms and I like that he is like he's very much um has sort of like Tony Starkisms, which is kind of neat. I really like that too.
1: yeah, an interesting thing about Ultron is in the comics he was actually originally created by uh Hank Pym, uh, the original ant man, who like obviously the m c u kind of went a different route and made Hank Pym a lot older and Scott Lang the like one. Well, this would have been the perfect time for, like, Multimania <laughs> talk, but I, I digress. But, but yeah, so, but in, like, the comics, it's he, may, he makes Ultron and then I don't think, like, it's with the altruistic things, like, I do think it is a smart change to make it kind of this is, like, Tony and Banner's idea and their creation and how he kind of turns against them and it's also a thing where in the comics for a long time, whenever Ultron pops up, it's like a different version of him. They're like, "Oh, it's." I don't even think they did one. They're like, "It's all." It starts with Ultron five, and then they're like, "It's Ultron 6! Oh, it's
0: Ultron seven. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, Man, I'm pretty sure so, Ultron. Like, yeah, or is it Maximo? One of those is like a reoccurring mini boss in the first Marvel Ultimate Alliance.
1: Yeah, it it might be Maximo, but like. So I do like that they kind of go for that with the different versions and the idea that he keeps trying to, like, improve upon himself. Um, Yeah. And then in the comics, Ultron also kind of creates Vision, which they sort of do here, except then they kind of make it a Tony Stark thing again, and it's the creation of Jarvis. I remember being really jazzed about Vision and that they went full on on making him, like, yellow, red, and green. Oh, yeah.
0: I really... I really... I vision is probably weird he is like one of my favorite MCU characters which like is very strange because like I would not have thought of that when I fir- when I was first like watching these movies but like as it's gone on like he's like one of my favorites um I think it mainly just comes down to like the performance I really like I really like him
1: yeah he's you know the, the vision stuff is it's good like I think it's great that this movie builds to a conversation between two robots over at their school
0: for humanity. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is. <laughs>
1: if it's worth it to let him like, test yeah. Destroy <laughs> I, ourselves.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. My, like my two absolute favorite vision parts in this movie is the one where it's like, it's like, you're just going to have to trust me. And then he just hands Thor his hammer. Um, that's just like that. What a, what a great scene. And then, Um, Ultron going like you're incredibly naive and then he's like well I was born yesterday Um, that's just what a what a solid way to sort of end your final act I really loved that
1: yeah yeah that was really good also it speaks to like how much is going on in this movie because as I said there's the thing in the farm where it looks like they'll put aside all their differences they'll rally and like work for like nick fury also the nick fury stuff in this movie is just odd because at this point like shield has been disbanded and he is like underground but it is kind of just funny that he's just sort of there and then he shows up with a helicarrier (laughs)
0: yeah
1: Yeah. and you're probably wondering how did he procure that helicarrier well if you watched agents (laughs) of shield the second season in which their ties to the mcu like it kind of worked in the first season where all of a sudden they're like, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s evil now! Or a lot so many of them are HYDRA! And then it's them kind of doing their own things, but... Before, eventually, they had to go, Yeah, no, we're not actually involved with like, the proper MCU anymore. I remember their Age of Ultron tie-in, when they're like, Why is Colton being suspicious? And then he's like, I was just helping secure something for an old friend, and literally <laughs> the tie-in was... Coulson got Fury the helicarrier that he shows up in to evacuate people. Like, we're like, what? Really? We thought that had the pop of one of the main characters you've been following all season was Hydra. Like, really? Like, oh yeah. And I talked about this during our Avengers one, but I do like the idea that they're kind of seen. Like, we talked about how kind of, and we'll talk about Infinity War and Endgame and how kind of just as much as I love Endgame it is sort of deflating that that last battle is just at an abandoned compound and i do like the angle here of they have to evacuate everyone from like the city and then they have to stop the city from hitting the ground because that's going yeah, to kill yeah oh everyone. yeah
0: it's probably like, like it's a bit long but it's probably like one of my favorite like final battle set pieces because it's just like yeah like you said like there's so many angles there's like um, I think the only thing about it, and I think it's just like, it's just, what are you going to do? Is that just like the Ultron robots just aren't visually interesting at all? Um, which is a little.
1: Yeah. It's another Marvel thing where it's a bunch of gray enemies. Yeah. That are
0: yeah. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. But no, I think like Spader's really fun. It's really funny when he starts singing like Pinocchio, like in a chilling way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Ultron. I was, I was very excited to watch this one because I, it's one of, it's one of those things where like I just remember so many good scenes about it, and like, I was just waiting for them to stop, and they didn't. I was really super enjoyed this one. Yeah, good movie. Um. So, do we have anything
1: else to say on Age of Uh Ultron?
0: Uh, no, I don't think we do. Um, it's weird, you know. I I didn't clock it till now, but I guess yeah. I guess Avengers is another another series that kind of gets four, just like Twilight. Not winners, but it seems like it is another direct kind of direct sequels that. Yeah,
1: I mean, like three out of four winners, right? Or does uh, like... oh no, Thanos isn't in... oh two out of four, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But... Right, the first time Thanos shows up, Black Panther is there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so. How do these movies stack up?
0: Yeah, so the movies. um, Yeah, for these ones. Ooh, it's, you know, these were all, you know, these were all like not horrible watches. Each have things going for them. Um, I think at the bottom, I do have Deadpool. Um, it's it's fine. Um, I'm really hoping, and I feel like it's already been confirmed. I don't know if it's been confirmed or not. That's just conjecture. But I hope TJ Miller isn't in the next one. Um, yeah. I I doubt it. Yeah. Um, he just he's just nothing about. Like I think he, maybe between like the two movies, I think he has like one or two lines that makes me chuckle. Um. So yeah, I hope he's. Not in the new one. Uh, and then above that, um, I do have, I do have, oh, it's really, these are all very, above here, these are all very good movies. I think above that one, I do have um, The Revenant, just because, like, it's beautiful, but, like, just not a lot going on, but beautiful nonetheless. Um, above that one, I do have Mad Max Fury Road. Um yeah, just a solid, solid movie, like, looks, like, very, very, like, pretty, um, yeah, like, all that practical stuff pays off, like, in spades, um, I think above that, I, I think I have, above that one, I do have Star Wars, The Force Awakens, um, not a big Star Wars guy, but I think this movie is, like, super duper charming, and I feel like it, I feel like it could have been a lot worse, um, and considering, uh, Rise of Skywalker, um, it might have been, it might get there, um, and then for my top two movies, really, really close, but I think I do put, uh, The Kingsman above Age of Ultron, um, I just like The Kingsman a lot, I think it's just, it's just so, it very much feels kind of like, um, kinda of like Sin City, where it is just so laser focused on things that I like and just fun action that like I just can't can't not enjoy the hell out of it. And how did the movie stack up for you?
1: Yeah, wow. So at the bottom, um, The Revenant. As I said, do not it do not like that movie much. Do you know it's very nice to look at, but yeah, not a great movie then but... Above that, Deadpool. Yeah, it's like we said. Deadpool 2 is better. We'll never cover it because 2019, but. Or what's the 2018? Maybe we do, co- no, I, but I don't think I got any. Regardless, I don't think I got any MTB nods. um, Then above that. This is where it starts. I'm getting a bit tricky. No, above that I'll put The Force Awakens, I think. Like, it's a movie I like a lot, but just the other ones I like more is really how it shakes up. Um, and above that, hmm. I'm going to say, yeah, above that is King Kingsman, just really flashy, like, empty in a fun way, just really sometimes it's it's nice to be like juvenile and just kind of tap into that like hell yeah hell yeah thing to all the fun stuff that's going on like Kingsman, great movie um then for the top two um i don't know why i'm make, making it seem like it's gonna be that big a mystery but we'll have avengers age of ultron a film that i was surprised i enjoyed as much as i did someone who also had spent for years was going, yeah, that movie's better than people say it is, and was pleased to know that, yeah, it was better, but Mad Max Fury Road, um, kind of one of the iconic canonical films of the 2010s, like it's yeah. it's really interesting to have you kind of put it below Star Wars, a movie where you're like, yeah, this isn't that good, <laughs> like just but
0: yeah, I think it's just I think it's just gut feeling, you know? Um Yeah. Yeah. You have your gut feeling, but yeah.
1: But no, the movie I I love, like just I love it. It speaks to my bones like it doesn't get much better than that. Um Yeah. But how do the villains shake up?
0: Yeah. Um so for my villains, uh at the bottom. I do have a uh, do have Tom Hardy's John Fitz, um yeah it's just it's one of those things where it's like he's not in a ton, he's a bad guy, but it's just like I don't know it's just very much most of the movie does not require him, um and it's just yeah it's just not nothing stands out it's it's very it's very strange, uh because I feel like this one I feel like he's the only one. Um, that like he there's nothing really flashy about him. Um, I guess like the n- the next unflashiest one is uh, weirdly enough the one person right above him, uh, Ajax slash Francis, uh, played by Ed Ed Screen, was it's is he wait is is he in anything else we've covered? His name looks so familiar. Ed Screen, um. Yeah, I feel this came up. Maybe he's just. Maybe he, not. Does he share a name? Is he Or does he have a very similar name to anyone from the Scream franchise? I don't think so. I don't know why? Um, I'm, just, I'm looking. No.
1: Yeah, because yeah, he doesn't seem to have been in anything else we really.
0: I don't know why. Covered. In my head, I'm like, oh yeah, this. I don't know why. I mean, I'm thinking of hmm. S- Skeet Ulrich or something. I mean, I'm just thinking if someone just has it. A... <laughs> another, yeah, yeah. But uh... Skeet, Skeet Ulrich was in stream, so yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, but that aside, like, it's weird. I think weirdly enough, I think he would have been a better villain if he was, like, in quotations, more boring. Like, if he was more, if he was sort of the compliment to Colossus, Colossus is, like, by the books, very generic, not generic, but, like, very, like, goody two-shoe superheroes. If he was, like, more of, like, a, like, not generic, but, like, more, like, I'm a bad guy, I'm a villain, that could have played off of Deadpool more, instead of them both sort of trading quips, because that's just an interaction that, like, Deadpool has with T.J. Miller's character and, like, um... And pretty much everyone that in Colossus is sort of like the quips back and forth. And it, like, it would have probably behooved the story to maybe have the villain have a more interesting dynamic. Um, still nice for what it is, but what it is wasn't that nice. Um, and then above that one, uh, I do have Kylo Ren. Um, yeah, I think he's, you know, pretty strong. Pretty strong, like, first... Performance, I think I've already explained my problems with the helmet um, And I feel like I'm only gonna like him more and more when we watch Last Jedi uh, But for right now for this move for this movie alone Um, I'm gonna put him here. I also forgot to mention during our Star Wars talk But I remember when I did watch it the first time. I don't know if I like missed it But I thought Snoke was actually just giant <laughs> Um and I was so sad when I found out he wasn't because I really liked yeah. it. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> they don't make it clear what his size is in that for his family. Yeah. Just so like, oh, that wasn't actually him.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And like, I, I think that's upsetting. I like the idea of just having a giant guy that it just seems hard to defeat. Not because he's, you know, the best fighter or because he's you know, oozing with dark side energy. Just because he's big. I like that a lot. I would have liked that if they went that direction. Um, but yeah, uh, above that one, I have Emorton Joe. Um, like just very, very menacing, very cool looking, has just a brutal, brutal death, uh, has just a cool, like metal design. Very, very nice to look at. Um, and then, uh, yeah. Um, Yeah, just, and that was cool that Hugh, you said that Hugh was like a villain from the first Mad Max. I think that's very neat that he sort of got to come back and, or from one of the Mad Maxes. Um, Yeah. Uh, Above that one, you have Samuel Jackson as Richmond Valentine. Um, Just doing like, it's very cool because he's not doing like the sort of like, you know, badass Samuel Jackson sort of, you know, Pulp Fiction-esque character. He's doing like a very sort of, um, uh, like, you know, eccentric, rich type, and just, like, just oozing with, like, charisma, and I really, really enjoyed that, and just, like, and just, like, even, like, the way he dresses is just so, it's, like, a very kind of nice contrast to, like, the very, like, slicked back, like, you know, you know, three, what are those, like, two-button suits things of, like, the Kingsman that he always has, like, the, the cool cap on, and, like, the big, the kind of, like, uh, more casual clothes. But, yeah, just kind of neat. Uh, and then right at the top, I have Ultron. Just very, very cool. Very cool voice. Uh, very cool character. Very just neat. Uh, like, yeah, very cool relationship to the protagonist, too. Like, he's kind of the creation of uh, Stark and Banner. Um, I also, <laughs> I remember when it was coming out, they were showing, like, behind-the-scenes things where... James uh, Spader had, like, two little red balls, like, above his head so that people knew where to look during (laughs) during the performances, and I think that's super neat. And how did they stack up for you?
1: Yeah, so... Um, for Bottom, I have Tom Hardy, like... Yeah, it's... He's fine, just not really there. Or... Actually... No, I don't think about this. It's I'm like, yeah, is he the bottom? I'm like, yeah, no, he's the bottom. I'll, I'll give Ed Screen that, like, was more surprised by Ed Screen than I expected to be. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's easy bottom. I, no, it's just easy second to bottom. Um, And above that, ooh, this is a tricky, tricky week for me. Um, Honestly, probably also Kylo Ren. Just... uh. He, I think he will shake out a lot better when we do cover The Last Jedi, Um, just yeah, in, a, in a couple weeks. Oh, but he's up against Michael B. Jordan that year, too. Okay, yeah, but still. It, it's a fun character. It's really good. It's just, as we move up the ranks, these villains just get stronger and stronger. Um, then above him, Samuel L. Jackson for Kingsman, just really good character concept, really fun, like, just brings a nice wicked energy to it. And then, hmm, for top two, this is, this is tough, but, yeah, I am going to have to concur with Ben and have Ultron at the top. Morden Joe, um, just iconic villain, honestly, Probably more iconic than Ultron, just because of the status of that movie, and very menacing. But Vader is just so damn fun, like, you know, yeah. So I'm gonna let Age of Ultron have its moment in the sun, and just give give it this give it to Ultron, and that will do it for best villain 2016. Now we come to recommendation of the week. Uh, should I start? Yes. great um yeah i actually can't remember if i talked about shrinking in an earlier episode maybe i was giving it time but i'll do a couple um yeah so shrinking as i mentioned earlier it's like jason siegel harrison ford uh really good really funny like really yeah good good dramatic bits good comedic bits. Fun ensemble stuff, it's co-created by the Scrubs guy. Like, he made it with, I think, Jason Siegel and Ted Lasso's Brett Goldstein, and, like, show runs it, and, yeah, it's just re- really strong. And then my other recommendation, uh, for Switch u- users, recently the Game Boy was made available on the, like, free version of their online service, and... I played Mario Land two, six golden coins, which is the first appearance of Wario. And it's great. It's the original handheld games were not overseen by Miyamoto, So they had less oversight, and they did all this like wild stuff stuff in them. Like Mario goes to space in this game and wears a little spacesuit in every one of the levels. like it it's just a lot of fun, just great ideas, like. There, there's a, a level ended with me encountering like a vampire which I quickly like took out and then I think it was a vampire but you never see an enemy like that again it was just kind of there like it's just really fun really weird so yeah watch Shrinking play Mario Land 2 um,
0: yeah oh man um, my recommendation of the week don't man I watched Trying to think, um, I guess you know what, I guess I did watch this, so I guess I can recommend it. Um, I do recommend uh, the first Magic Mike movie. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, my girlfriend wants to go see the new one, so I am catching myself up with the lore. Um, and I was, yeah, I was, I don't think I was surprised at how good it was. What I was surprised about though is that I think there is like there was weirdly more creativity on display for like the different performances that the strippers do in this movie than there are in some of like the dance movies that we covered. <laughs> um, it's like really neat. Cause magic Mike really is like a, it's like one of those, it's kind of like one of those sports movies almost um, where it's sort of like, you know, story beat, story beat. Here's our quick little interlude where you get to watch the performances, whether that's, you know, a basketball game or, like male strippers um you know uh I really liked it it was very weirdly it was uh very yellow it was very very yellow um but that was kind of neat uh, I wonder if the second one uh Magic Mike XXL is going to be more blue based off the poster but that is my recommendation of the week
1: right um I know a friend of the show shane i was like what you gotta find a way to get ben to see the magic mike movies so i'm glad you are getting to them. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah man you, you see i guess it makes sense in this kind of movie but even in the non-stripping scenes there's at least two times where you see channing tatum's bum just like in wow. the vow just like in the vow i wonder if it's like a thing he does <laughs> 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 that's because it's very you know in this movie i get it but in the vow there was no reason for us to see his little bum bum i i'm catching on to him i don't think you see it in 21 or 22 jump street though but yeah i'm on to him
1: <laughs> <laughs> i should really watch those films um but anyways so that brings us just about to the end uh do you what do you got to plug this week ben
0: Yes, uh, uh, as always, I have my Twitter, uh, at GakGak, Gak, and then there you also have my link tree, uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash G-H-A-K-K-E-R. And that's all my socials. Um, yeah, if you ever want to find anything. I don't really post that often anymore, uh, like I did. But if you go to my Instagram, you can still see a giant backlog of hundreds of gym photos and drawings um yeah i uh yeah and then hopefully um i'll i kind of i have an idea for my weezer tier list i'm just finding the time to get everything filmed nice yeah
1: well and you can find me on twitter at like a wolverine and you can find me on letterbox at like a wolverine you can find the pod on twitter at gold popcorn pod our occasionally updated Instagram is pastagoldenpopcorn, and you can email us at pastagoldenpopcorn at gmail.com. Our artwork is by Ben. Our theme song is by Matt Samard. We are hosted on Friendly Mush. If you like the show, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, and... Yeah. I think all that's left now is to talk about what's coming up next. So, for Best Villain 2017, boy, is. Boy, is TV here. Um, The nominees are... Wes Bentley, American Horror Story, Roanoke. Mark Steger, Stranger Things. Jared Leto, Suicide Squad. Allison Williams, Get Out. And the winner, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, The Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of TV.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. What was I Oh man, I had I, I had something to say about the Walking Dead, but it's completely lost me now. <laughs> but well hopefully
1: you'll find it next week.
0: Yeah. Oh, man.
1: But yeah. As always, thanks for listening. Uh keep passing that golden popcorn and just remember. Um,
0: Man, um, you know, we are like Ultron said to paraphrase, we are doomed to not have a good way to end a podcast. But, like Vision says, what... there is beauty in our failure.
1: That almost sounds like we planned that out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.